Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with lawyer, writer, and creative Chris Waldheims. He is a lawyer for creatives and an author who helps people make things real. Over the past decade, Chris has supported thousands of creative entrepreneurs by helping them feel less intimidated by the legal stuff so that they can take action and build the business of their dreams. He also writes about creativity and personal development. It's fascinating. Enjoy this interview. It's great to meet you. I love your story. And I want to begin with, you know, we're coming up on the four-year anniversary of the pandemic. How did Mm -hmm. you survive COVID that time period? And how did it change you? Okay. So, how did I survive COVID? Well, first of all, we, you know, just like everybody else, we locked down, quarantined, sheltered in place, did all the things. So at the time going into COVID, we had um, an office. And so immediately we went to working online. And so for me, I had wanted to do that for a while. So it kind of felt like, okay, this is an interesting transition. Wasn't really sure how much our clients would be into that or the team would be into that. So we did that. And I think the first two months were really bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think everybody was just kind of like, I'm not going to spend money. I'm not going to do anything. I don't know what's going to happen. So there's like two months where it was really iffy. Um, you know, I think like a lot of businesses, we took advantage of PPP loans and all that kind of stuff to really bridge that gap. Um, after that two months, then things came back. So kind of maybe as you've heard about, there's a lot of people who at that time, they took it as a sign of let me start something. Yeah. You know, I'm working at a job or I got laid off or I have extra time or whatever it was. They're like, let me start something. And they did. And so, of course, when they do, they come to us for setting up the infrastructure and the legal structure for all that. So then after two months, it just came right back. Yeah. So let's get to the heart and soul of what you do do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of grade school kids. It's career day. And one yeah. of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer yeah. that child? So what I tell people is I help people start businesses. And specifically, I help creative people like artists and musicians, writers, Uh, people in TV and film, start businesses. So take whatever it is that you're doing creatively and turn it into a business. So, which is two different things. So it's, you know, for me, it's being aware of the creative side and understanding what it means to be creative and how that all feels and works, but then kind of bringing it into and helping my clients get into the mode of, all right, but you're also a business owner. If you're doing this for a living, you're also a business owner and there's things you need to understand legally and business-wise. So that's what we help people do. And that's so essential because, I mean, there's a lot of artists that have left brain tendencies, but overall, when you're in that creative mold, you know, they just, I I know personally, I paint a lot. I I do different things that are creative and I just, there's levels of business that just elude me, you know? And I think that happens for a lot of creative people, which is why there's agents and all these other teams that are around these people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely right. I mean, I think as an artist, it's really easy to want to just stay in the creative mode all the time. But, you know, and I'm a creative too. You know, I'm a writer and I've you know been a graphic designer and freelancer in, in my life. So I, I understand that. So I think yeah. that's also the thing I bring to the table is I'm not just sort of saying, well, you should do this stuff. I mean, I've been in their position and I'm in that position. Um, but what I say to people is even with even if you have a manager, even if you have an agent, you need to know enough to know if they're doing their job the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. So you're, you're delegating. Like if you're delegating that part, like as with any business, if I'm, you know, if I'm a mechanic and I want to delegate to like a, a assistant mechanic, I need to know enough to make sure this guy's doing the right thing. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. If you're, you know, I would tell a lot of my clients, hey, even if you have an agent manager and they're handling everything for you, make sure that you have a good contract with them. Make sure you have really good expectations set so that 
whatever it is that you need, they're giving to you. And if they don't, you have some sort of tool to stop it. So did you see the Elvis movie with the Colonel in it? Not yet. Not yet. Do you know anything about that history of the Colonel with him and how he managed Elvis? A little bit, you know, and I'm not sure how accurate what I do know is. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch the film because I'd be curious about your opinion as to how much this dude ripped Elvis off. If it was yeah. really elaborate or if it's glossed up for Hollywood. I'm curious. I just yeah. I, I don't know where to go with it. You know, I mean, I would guess it's a combination. You yeah. know, and what I kind of what I see is this, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, I, I grew up in L.A. I know a lot of people who, you know, are creatives in some way, whether it's film or music or whatever. People I grew up with, people I knew um, growing up. And what I've noticed with the people who do the best as artists, as creatives, like the top level creatives, they all underneath it have real good business acumen. OK, OK. Like they all underneath it know like, OK, if I don't understand this contract, hire a lawyer and make sure that I understand it. Yeah. Because I always tell people there's a level of agency, right? So I think what you see in the classic situation with an artist is they get ripped off by somebody. And, you know, I've been around enough to know there's a lot of shady people. There's a lot of sharks who are looking for creative people they can latch onto and feed off of. So they're out there. But then I also tell artists and creatives it's a little bit of tough love in that there is some agency on your side too. Um, so these contracts you're signing, if you sign a contract that signs away your catalog to somebody, you're an adult, you signed it, right? And you had the opportunity to go to a lawyer or go to someone who could have told you, no, we're not going to do that. Like, we're going to do a different thing. So, um, you know, my, something in my practice can be a little bit tough love. Like, we're not going to sign this contract. Yeah. And you can if you want to, but now you know. Yeah, yeah. So when you were in the third grade, what did you want to be? What was your dream to grow up and become? Um, I think, you know, I think up until probably high school, I thought that I was going to go to space in some way. Yeah. So I think astronaut, which I mean, I think for you know a lot of people, that might be a common thing. But it was funny because I think it was probably like late teens where I'm like, yeah, probably statistically it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, let you me know? ask you this. How did you, how did you split that zygote in your life to be creative yet look at things from a legal standpoint? How did all of this kind of the seeds get planted to grow into who you are today? So I've always been a creative person. So I've always been an artist. I've always been a designer, a musician, a writer. Like I love making stuff. I mean, to this day. So that's what I did for you know for a long part of my life. Like my first job was uh, you know making making software. So like I actually started making CD-ROMs with a company in the '90s when I was a teenager. And so I was always doing something like that. And so what ended up happening is so working in these creative industries or working for startups or working for like established companies. I started to get more and more interested in the substructure of everything. So I was like, how does this all work? Like, how are they pulling in investment? How are they protecting their brand? How are they hiring? How are they building companies out of this stuff? So then that's what inspired me to go back to law school. Because um, I was like, well, I want to know. And I felt like that was the like secret rule book that I wanted to know more about. Yeah. In terms yeah. of like, how, how does this all work? And so that's what got me there. And, and you know, my opinion of, of law is, yeah, there's rules and there's structures and there's all kinds of parameters, but I look at it like design. You know, we're looking at, at it like we're designing. We're, so if we have a contract, if you and I have a contract, we have the opportunity to design our relationship, to design the way we want things to work. Um, and I think by default, a lot of people don't take that opportunity. They'll just be like, well, you know, things will work out and hopefully they do. 
but there is a way that you can actually set up, hey, we want it to work this way and approvals are going to work this way or payment is going to work this way. There's so many things people can do. And that got me interested. So what was the first book you read when you were a kid that really opened up the doors and made you want to read more or write? Read more or write? Let me think. Um, I remember when I was a kid, it's funny, I think we're going to stay on a space theme. Um, I had a book about the future. And so I really like to look at books about the future. And I, I wish I could remember what the book is, but you know, I had books on the solar system, but there was one book and I wish I could re remember the title because I actually want a copy of it, you know, where we have like these paintings of colonies in space and spacecraft and like, you know, what we're going to have in the year 2100. So I was, you know, I was always like really interested in like futuristic stuff. I mean, that was an 80s view yeah. of the future, which some okay. of it's outdated, but some of it, you know, I have some of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of going on. Yeah. 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 What's but what what was the best first concert you ever saw? One that just blew your mind. Hmm. Let me think. Um best first concert. Um, you know, I think it was probably early on, like just going to like, you know, Southern California in the nineties, like going to like punk rock shows with my friends. That was great. You know, I mean uh, you know, just like the energy, you know, going into any, any any show at that time, the energy and just kind of like just the feeling of like release and all that stuff. So, like, you know, I like that was that was what I was into sort of as a teenager, as a kid. So who's who's a hero for you? Um, hero. Let me think. Um, I don't know if I have necessarily a hero. Yeah. Um you know, I look up to, I mean, I think like a lot of people, um, you know, parents and grandparents, you know, my grandfather was an artist and I don't know if I'd say he's a hero necessarily, yeah. but he is kind of an inspiration in terms of like, he was very uh, focused on his art, very like dead set on like, I'm going to do what I want to do and it's going to be art. And so for me that I actually tried to take some of that of like, you know, he took it to an extreme in some ways, but I take it in a way that like, um, you know, you have to kind of fight for your art. You have to fight for your creativity. So that's kind of inspiration I take. Yeah. So, it, so in your professional life, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um. Okay. So I, I, a few pieces of advice, um, and, and it's it's cool because like these are pieces of advice that I've collected over my life. And you know, I mean, it, it, people can apply them how they want. But one of the first good pieces of advice I got is um, there was a dude who. I was babysitting for actually in high school, like, you know, for his kid. And he told me, you know, after one day, you know, when I was finishing, he tells me, he goes, Hey, so if you really want to like make a lot of money and like this guy, like, you know, I think he made a lot of money. Um, he's like, make jobs, create jobs for people. So that's what he said, like make jobs, make that be your pursuit. And so I like filed that one away. And then later on, you know, they told you I was working in software and, and stuff as a late teen too. And, you know, the guy I was working for, he told me, like I was working for him and he's like, Hey, you're never going to get rich uh, working for me, you know, or working for anybody, you know? And so again, you know, some of that's true. Some of it's not true. I mean, there's a lot of people who do really well, you know, as working for somebody, but I think for me, those things resonated and made me really want to make my own path and figure yeah. out how, you know, how do I make my own business? How do I take what I'm doing and make it self-sustaining? So every day you wake up, you're helping people get, achieve their dreams. What is that motivation for you every day to wake up and not only to help people, but for you to evolve as an artist and as a mm -hmm. business person as well? Um, I think first of all, it feels amazing. Um, sometimes I forget 
that I'm having an impact on people. And I'll have phone calls with people where I've said something maybe like a month before and they'll, you know, talk to them now and they'll be like, hey, the thing you told me last month, it really worked. And like that conflict I was having, it went away. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe, like in my back of my mind, I'm like I can't believe that worked. You know, I know that it is. I'm confident enough to say that it does, but sometimes you forget. So those feelings like that, you know, when you, when I kind of take things that to me, I almost take for granted. I've been doing this for long enough where it's like, yeah, like I could do this in my sleep. But for a lot of people I'm encountering, this is new stuff. And so for me, it's just like to kind of blow people's minds a little bit and be like, hey, there's actually a different way. Like you can run your business and run your life a completely different way that's going to serve you better. So I think that motivates me. Um, I think in being around people who are doing things and doing new things, uh, you know, as an artist, as a creative, it kind of expands my view of what's possible. Yeah. You know, so like if I'm ever feeling, well, won't people like this? Will they not? You know, I have people who are in the weirdest niches doing the weirdest things and people love them. So I'm like, you can do anything. Yeah, for sure. One can do anything. So what's been one of your favorite, what, what, one of your best success stories, best client success stories? Um, I mean, I have a number of them. Um, you know, one thing I often think about sort of as the model client, um, you know, I'm not going to use any names, but just kind of describe, sure. hypothetically speaking, I guess, what, what they did. So I had a client who started a Kickstarter probably eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, like around, I think around 2016, um, they're a household name now. And I've watched them go from that. Like, I mean, not household name, but I mean, you can find their products um, in any bookstore yeah. in, in the country, any bookstore, um, you know, they have spinoffs and this and that. So it was really cool to kind of go from, hey, we have this nascent idea, like we're going to see how it works. We're going to see how it goes. They blew it out of the water. And then, you know, they slowly built up over the years. And so it's really interesting to see that progression. Um, so that's a success story. Um, sometimes they're even smaller success stories. Like I have, you know, I'll have clients who, you know, and, and maybe you've had this experience, starting a business, starting something new is really scary. And so sometimes it's more humble where it's like, you know, I've told clients that who are like overthinking things, trying to plan everything out, overanalyzing. I'll tell them, hey, just set it up so that I can pay you a dollar online for something. Yeah. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be great. Just make it so that I can go put my credit card and pay you a dollar. And if someone does that, to me, that's like, okay, you've entered the world of business. You're in. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's great, man. So of all of these things that you've done so far and achieved and overcome and evolved into, what are you the proudest of? Um, I think being able to have a different way of practicing law that at first, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I don't know how much you follow law and legal practice. Most people don't. So if you don't, that's fine. But um, when I started practicing law in 2013, it was a very different world. Like, you know, and social media was nascent and all this kind of stuff. But it was still very much a world of like, if you're a lawyer, you're wearing a suit and you're on a website looking kind of angry kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, um, It's changed. I mean, you know, and lawyers now show up in a lot of different ways. So I think for me at the time, like I've really felt like I'm an outcast. I stick out, I, you know, and I started law older, so I didn't really feel like I had to fit into that. And so at the time, I really felt like, um, I don't know, like, am I doing this wrong? But I, I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And so it's interesting to see the world evolve with me rather than, it'd be like, well, I'm just this outcast. But like now it's like, it's what I'm doing is, is socially acceptable in some degree to the, in the legal circles. Yeah, that's interesting. So let me ask you this. If you were to have a dream tonight, you ran into the senior and high school version of you, 18 years old, mm -hmm. and you could give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point. What advice would you impart on that young version of you? 
I probably tell myself to stay with it. Yeah. And what I mean by that is um, I've had a lot of projects and a lot of things that I've done over the years that I quit too early. And this is advice I'd give to anybody, like make sure you love what you do so that you can stay with it. And, you know, don't like things take time to create, you know, we're not like, and this is something I even tell myself every day. Like if you start a podcast or a newsletter or something, I think a lot of people are looking for quick wins and it's always kind of been that way or quick kind of, you know, explosive growth. Yeah. Um, you got to be used to playing, you know, like if you were a band playing for years in a venue with four people, you got to do that. And that's part of it. And, and so I think when I was younger, I would do things and like, oh, nobody likes it. And, you know, this isn't good. And I'd quit and move on to something else. If I, you know, if I had to tell myself, I'd be like, take it to the end, take, you know, take something to the end um, and then decide. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, I think I'm someone who, let me think about this um is is constantly growing you know i think that i'm always looking for ways that i can grow um and internally like you know i think all the external stuff one thing i've learned just sort of as an adult as an older adult is um you know everything that you, anything you want to change outside you kind of have to have to change inside first if that makes sense like you have to change your perception and your the way that you see yourself in order to make changes happen on the outside. So, you know, I think I'm someone who's constantly trying to analyze and pay attention to what's going on. You know, how do I feel about things? How am I really reacting? How am I uh, showing up for people? It's always, I'm always trying to learn more about that. Yeah. So if anyone out there wants to hire you, see your work, anything about your world, reach out, how can they do that? So the best way would be, we have a website, counselforcreators.com. Um, and you can go on there and that's a great place to go if you are looking for any kind of legal help, any kind of you know help setting up the business. That's the core of what I do every day. Um, but then I also um, I'm also pretty active on social, but I'm active on like LinkedIn. So I really like writing on there and sharing on there. So anyone can search my name on LinkedIn and you'll kind of see things that I post pretty consistently there. Right on, Chris, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you pronounce your last name? I want to get it right. Waldheimus. Okay, good. Wanted yeah. to make sure. You never want to yeah, assume with you. anything, right? No, it's a, it's a good point. I've, yeah, I've, I've definitely interviewed or had sessions with people where at the end they're like, hey, that's not how you pronounce my name. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always want to make sure, man. Yeah. Chris, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Best of luck. Yeah, yeah, thank, yeah you. thank you. It was great. Appreciate thank it. You. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.